Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I am your host, Rob Ludeman. Happy New Year to all of our listeners as we continue to bring you the orange here. Our special guest today is Nihal Marashi. Did I get that right? Yes, you did, Rob. Oh, uh, good. Never know, right? I, I guess I should have asked you that before we got going, but um, you're the PMM for our SaaS solutions here at Pure. That, that's right, Rob. Uh, thanks for having me over here. Um, I'm the Principal Product Marketing Manager for uh, the SaaS vertical at uh, Pure Storage. Really excited to be on this uh, podcast. Well, it's great to have you. We sit near each other on the same floor. And from the time we started the podcast, I know you've always been a big fan. And now you are on the hot seat. So that is going to be uh, fun for us today. What did you do prior to coming to Pure? And you don't have to mention companies, but maybe roles or things like that. Yeah, sure. I've, I've been in product marketing for uh, at least uh, four years now. Okay. Uh, um, Worked for Blue Jeans, which was a video conferencing uh, SaaS company. Uh, also at Citrix, where I was doing product marketing focused on the DevOps community. And in prior life, uh, prior to these uh, product marketing roles, I, at, I was at Cisco. I was doing product management and technical marketing. And so I really have a good experience uh, working in marketing. And yeah, it's nice. You bring a good blend of both sort of technical aptitude, right? To be a PM at Cisco, you need to have some of that tech, those technical chops, um, but it's great you're, you're now sort of on the marketing side, so you get the best of both worlds, which is great. Absolutely. And we get to delve into what Pure does for software as a service, or basically SaaS um, providers. And before we talk about the Pure aspects of that, uh, what's going on in the SaaS market, right? This, to me, seems to be a growing space as companies continue to try to extract capital expenditure and rely more on SaaS. And I know, like again, here at Pure, RIT is almost all, you know, SaaS based, like we consume these services here internally. So is, is that a growing trend? What, what kind of things are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, SaaS has really revolutionized uh, corporate I IT uh, in the last uh, few years. Um, you mentioned uh, the CapEx or move to, to OpEx from, from CapEx. Uh, I think really what uh, corporate leaders have really looked at is uh, the low upfront cost that SaaS uh, applications bring to the table, the uh, easy provisioning for users, and the easy implementation, right? So that's really been key with them. And then um, what that has meant for the SaaS companies and SaaS providers is it's an exciting team time yeah. to be in the market. You know, they, uh, we're seeing a lot of the ISVs, independent software vendors, also move to uh, the SaaS model because... Um, they're seeing that their customers are actually wanting to have their application loads where where they you know, you know have that flexibility of where they can have those application workloads regardless of location and uh, you know being able to meet compliance and regulatory reasons. So really exciting stuff going on there. Yeah, it's a very dynamic space, and I think you know I think kind of those traditional ISVs have been challenged by these upstart you know SaaS companies who are are bringing. Uh, you know, new services and new ideas and new ways about, you know, how to, to deliver those models. Yet for both of those, both the traditionals as well as the new upstarts, I, I, there's um, there's challenges, right? I mean, Absolutely. I always kind of say there's challenges with always on services. 
What are maybe the two or three things you think they're contending with that are most challenging? Yeah, I think regardless of size, regardless of whether you're a new, uh, you know, um, newly born SaaS provider or an existing ISV that's moved to a SaaS model, there are some things that are just common challenges. I think the number one thing um, for any SaaS provider is, uh, you know, service uptime and reliability. You know, um, they're providing a service, everything is based on that service. So um, if the customer cannot access that service, at a, you know, in the worst case scenario, you, you're actually going to get a customer churn. And that's really a, any SaaS provider's nightmare, you know, losing those customers. The, the other thing that they really care about is application performance and a cons consistent user experience, you know. Uh, again, it comes down to being able to give that use, good user experience, which will translate to uh, customers buying more uh, more services, which translate to translates to better revenue and and you know uh, higher growth for for the SaaS provider. And let's not forget costs. You know um, they they want to you know the uh, the cost of IT is the cost of doing business for these service providers. They want to bring every dollar out of their IT infrastructure and and make sure that uh, it's a smooth uh, scalable operation. I'm interested in your customer churn comment. Talk a little bit about about that. How is, um, how does that come about? Are there you know SLAs that they're measured against, and if you don't meet those SLAs, then do customers leave? I mean, how many how many chances do you get, right? <laughs> if you if you if you have someone experience an outage before you go, well, this is a saturated market. I'm just going to take my business elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's a nightmare for any SaaS uh, provider. You know, um, most most uh, companies these days have master level agreements with their service providers, uh, defining uh, any kind of SLA penalties. You know, for any downtime or any other type. Type of uh, outages, but it's not just the SLAs, right? Even if even if the SLAs were pretty minimal, it's the loss of customer goodwill and and the fact that it's easy for a customer to just cancel their subscription and go somewhere else, uh, resulting in that churn. And when you see the uh, when any service provider, any SaaS provider, actually looks at their uh, subscriber base, and as the subscriber base gets large, churn becomes a large. Uh, factor of that um, that uh, subscriber base, and so what that means is that the SaaS provider actually has to replace that lost revenue with new customers, new bookings, and it's also losing out on any kind of upsell opportunities that they would have with that existing customer. Um, so all in all, what this really means for any SaaS provider is slow growth, and no no provider wants that, wants that. So customer retention is absolutely key, right? Because the cost critical. Of, of acquiring a new, uh, the cost of acquiring a new customer is obviously higher than uh, expanding within the existing base. Yeah, absolutely. The the rule of thumb that uh, you know you know we hear a lot is like the the cost of acquiring a new customer is almost ten times that. Wow. Of, uh, okay, ten yeah. x is a, that's a that's a big number then. Absolutely. Uh, so losing anyone uh, can be detrimental. So let's shift gears here. Why does data matter to SaaS companies? Right, we're a data company, and that's obviously what we're going to get to about what our play is for for SaaS. But um, what can happen for a SaaS provider? When when there are issues with storage, where there are issues with data management. Yeah, data data storage has a direct uh, direct uh, relation, or it has a direct linkage to the actual uh, SaaS uh, provider's application performance. You know, if uh, your storage uh, suffers uh, a downtime, you know the, the application performance is obviously going to going to suffer, and um, you know 
uh, as we've been talking about SLAs, uh, there is a direct uh, relationship between the SLAs that uh, the storage can provide uh, and help with the the SaaS providers uh, SLAs to their customers. So there's, you know, uh, I would say data storage is a fundamental uh, piece in helping uh, SaaS providers be successful. Interesting. Um, and I guess one final question as we as we kind of close on on sort of the context in the industry. Um, what is going on with analytics and AI, right? We can't really do a podcast without addressing those, <laughs> those facets, machine learning, analytics, AI. Uh, I assume it's a growing use case in, in the SaaS space, but maybe in the early stages. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, most SaaS providers uh, have recognized that data is, is their biggest asset, mm-hmm. uh, you know, helping them gain customer insights, helping them, you know, even derive new revenue streams. We've seen a few, uh, few of our SaaS customers have uh, taken that uh, data, the customer insights that they get, not only to help them connect to the customers, but also derive new revenue streams and be able to offer those new services. Um, so definitely big data analytics, this is a, is a hot uh, area for SaaS providers. Artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, ties with that. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing uh, SaaS providers uh, at the early stages of uh, actually defining what that really means to them in terms of how are they going to drive new levels of innovation, how they're going to actually um, beat the competition and actually you know stay uh, very competitive and be in upfront. Uh, in the technology space. Um, so I know uh, uh, that m- many of the customers that we talk to see the different set of use cases for, for them. And if I may uh, use this time to uh, make a pitch, uh, we, yeah, sure. actually, we actually uh, uh, worked with an external analyst, uh, Moore Insights, and we came up with what we call the AI primer for, uh, for SaaS. Um, it's a white paper that actually walks through different use cases and uh, you know what are the best practices or what are the things that SaaS providers should be uh, looking at when they're actually deploying artificial intelligence. We hope to have that uh, on our SaaS webpage pretty shortly. So would encourage all of the listeners to visit our SaaS webpage and, and take a look at a white paper. Excellent. Good to know. Yeah. For any SaaS folks out there that are looking at how they can better apply AI uh, to their business to make it more competitive. And I assume there's there's both internal things as you're looking at customer acquisition models and how to streamline what you're doing, but also external, you're, you're a SaaS company and you're looking to deliver AI services too. Yeah, absolutely. And we, co- we covered a lot of, you know, what are the kind of uh, best practices in the industry? You know, what, how do you actually go about uh, enabling uh, SaaS? Very, very useful for uh, both IT operations directors and, and leaders who are looking to, uh, you know, learn the art of the practical when it comes to AI. Awesome. Great to hear. Um, So with all that backdrop and contextual uh, information around SaaS, which is great, right? We want to make sure that we level set on that. Um, How do we play at a high level? What what does pure storage do with SaaS providers? I mean, this is one of our, you know, sort of primary business areas where we go out and try to serve and solve problems around data management and generally are able to help SaaS providers pretty well. Yeah, I, I, Pure has a very pivotal role uh, to play with uh, SaaS providers. Uh, you know, I mentioned the fact that for any SaaS provider, the the cost of IT or the cost of IT infrastructure is really the cost of doing business because software is how they uh, develop the product, uh, how they sh- deliver the product, and and uh, you know provide support. And 
what the what pure does for saas service uh, providers is to uh, what we call the three a's help them advance service levels mm-hmm. um accelerate time to revenue and achieve uh, operational uh, advantages and together you know all the all the things that we do um for helping them uh make improvements to their uh infrastructure and uh, make improvements to their technology platform is resulting in a direct impact to their bottom line by improving gross margins yeah for sure i love the 3a so that's that's first i heard of that actually yeah <laughs> i should get that get that out more like on this podcast um let's walk through some of those things right and and this will be sort of a rapid fire for you um don't, don't feel threatened. <laughs> uh, this will be a rapid fire thing, but let's start and just kind of go through a list of things that we think are critical to SaaS providers and what we do at Pure to solve those. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, let's do it. Um, performance. And I think there's two aspects to that, right? One is response times, but then there's also consistency, right? It's not just good enough to be fast, but it has to be predictable. How do, how do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we we uh, have uh, flash arrays and they they process hundreds of thousands of uh, input uh, output operations per second and they're doing it delivering at uh, less than 1 millisecond uh, latency. It's uh, very critical for uh, especially for the SaaS applications in terms of giving that uh, consistent user experience um, and and high performance. Um, the other aspect which uh, I'm sure we might may be touching upon in in the rapid fire, but I, I just wanted to mention because it's sort of a corollary to uh, to the performances, the actual uptime and mm. reliability. You know, uh, with our flash arrays, we have six nines of uh, reliability, and and that's actually proven uh, reliability, and um, and also it's a non-disruptive uh, architecture, a stateless architecture that's providing non-disruptive upgrades, non-disruptive uh, everything which is very critical uh, for our uh, SaaS customers. Uh, the other aspect to this is more around, um, uh, you know, uh, re- business continuity mm-hmm. and essentially being able to recover quickly from any kind of disaster scenario. And we've seen um, from surveys that a lot of SaaS uh, um, end customers uh, rely still on their SaaS provider in order for uh, doing any kind of data uh, backup and restore. So that is actually um, increasing pressure on the SaaS providers to be able to rapidly restore from uh, backup in in the event of some kind of uh, disaster uh, scenario. And so uh, a lot of our SaaS providers have been using uh, FlashBlade along with FlashArray, which has been an excellent platform for offloading some of the mission-critical uh, workloads. So data production on uh, FlashBlade, and then have we seen, since you talked about business continuity slash DR, uh, are we seeing SaaS providers using Active Cluster as well? My assumption yes. is they have multiple data center sites, right, where they're a- absolutely. serving transition, transactions. So having a, a very simple, low-cost, uh, no-cost included, um, sync replication solution would be a huge benefit. Definitely, and we've we've seen a lot of uh, instances of them using uh, active cl- cluster in exactly the scenarios that uh, you described. Okay, 
So you've got people using that with FA and then for data protection, flash blade being the use case. And then I want to circle back to, to the, the non-disruptive piece. Um, I assume Evergreen ends up being a huge thing, right? With the ability to upgrade, you know, controllers and, and flash modules and everything within the array without that penalty of downtime that exactly. impacts the SLA requirement. Yeah, exactly. They, they love uh, love all, all of the things that you mentioned and, and also the fact that, uh, you know, SaaS providers have uh, like the subscription model. They're, they're used to that business model with their own uh, uh, their own setup. So for uh, for our SaaS customers, what we hear back is we love this uh, uh, business model. The fact that we don't have to buy another uh, you know terabyte, and and also with the cloud-like uh, Evergreen's uh, subscription model ES2, um, that's really helped them in new projects where you know they can consume storage uh, as a service. Yeah, and I would think that would be a growing use case for us, for them, right? Is, exactly. is the, the storage as a service, so the Evergreen storage service, where you know, you're just consuming a capacity in an OpEx model, which is, again, should be very familiar to them. I like how you put that, right? They go, oh yeah, I get this. This is, you know, this is storage as a service, right? This is exactly. a sassy kind of thing. Absolutely. Nice, nice. Um, security, that's a big one for a lot of reasons, right? Compliance uh, issues, Data integrity issues. Uh, I assume that's something that we need to be able to deliver. Yeah, and, and we hear from from our SaaS uh, uh, customers as well as uh, prospects, especially in um, the verticals where there are high uh, security demands. You know, take uh, healthcare, be it uh, government, be it financial services, and what uh, Pure offers is always on security. You know, with uh, encryption at rest, uh, we have support for protocols. Uh, uh, IPv6, KMIP, um, FIPS, which is a federal standard. Mm -hmm. And then also from a compliance perspective, we manage and maintain G uh, GDPR uh, compliance. Um, and we do all of this, uh, you know, the data services are built in and ready for, uh, you, know, uh, com you know, any kind of SLA compliance uh, requirements. Next one, um, and I'll combine them kind of together, management simplicity and development right? Because I know these guys probably have to iterate on their offering frequently and having storage down doesn't help with that, but also you need to get copies of the data. Yeah. And th th this is, uh, this is big, you know, like for, uh, for SaaS providers, let's, let's start first with the management simplicity, mm -hmm. right? And, and when, when you look at the actual deployment of the flash arrays, um, Pure has designed them uh, as a plug and play model where they're easy to set up and uh, simple to, to get up and, and going. And then from a, from a management perspective, you know these can be managed with our um, you know in, integrations with uh, vCenter, Microsoft um, uh, System Center, UCS Director. Um, the orchestration platforms uh, can also integrate uh, with uh, VMware, uh, Open OpenShift, and and many many other um, vendors. Uh, when you look at the development uh, aspects of it. Um, you know, development cycles, uh, reducing development cycles is very critical for SaaS providers. And this is because they need to react uh, very quickly to customer feedback. They need to actually be agile and, and provide uh, new releases very quickly. And so what Pure has done for development teams and DevOps teams is, is actually provide unfettered uh, access to data. Mm -hmm. And what that really means is being able to uh, move and share data quickly across from production to QA to dev test 
uh, environments by by the uh, ca- you know uh, caps uh, snapshot uh, capability that we have with uh, thousands of uh, zero uh, capacity snapshots. Yeah, very space efficient, right? Very yeah. space efficient, uh, portable across from flash array to flash blade to any NFS. Uh, um, uh, to NFS or to uh, to the cloud. So we, we uh, we've seen a lot of um, uh, feedback come from our SaaS community saying that you know our developers are more productive now because of uh, the snapshot capability. Um, they are no longer uh, restrained by the shackles of like uh, complex storage, and we don't have these silos uh, anymore. They can work off of fresh data from from production. And that has been pretty critical. Now, the other aspect from uh, a DevOps optimization that uh, Pure has done is uh, offering, you know, RESTful API. We we also have, uh, you know, PowerShell, Python, uh, software development uh, kits that, that are available. Um, we have integration with Ansible, um, Kubernetes, uh, with, you know, Pure, Pure uh, Service Orchestrator. Um, and... At the end of the day, what what we have done for their DevOps team is is kind of uh, streamline their uh, continuous integration and continuous deployment pipeline. You know, being able to converge that on the Flashblade platform, uh, being able to give them that capability of doing software versioning as well as uh, QA and debugging uh, all all on that sing, single platform. So, uh, going back to um, the the question at hand is the management simplicity, but it's also optimizing uh, the storage uh, for DevOps and developers that, that we've done for our customers. Excellent. Good to get that background and detail. You covered a lot of ground there, which is good, right? <laughs> and I'm glad you got the, the DevOps piece in there. Um, final one, kind of kind of quickly, right? Because you said earlier that for these SaaS providers, the cost of IT is the cost of doing business. We need to be cost effective, right? So I would think the performance that we mentioned earlier and these other factors are interesting. Um, but one we haven't talked about is data reduction, right? Because that has a direct impact on capacity. Yeah, I, I think um, that's that's a great point, uh, Rob. Uh, data reduction has actually helped uh, our customers, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, the data center, starting with the data center footprint, right? Uh, now they can actually reduce the um, the the storage the amount of storage that they need um, that translates to savings when it comes to uh, cooling it and savings in terms of power uh, savings in terms of real estate yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a classic saving for uh, for our customers and um, you know the the fact that um, they can do more uh, in terms of uh, performance with uh, with the storage that they they have. And in fact, I think to that end, there there's an interesting um, Forrester analyst report that, that you guys have worked with them um, to talk about the benefits of Pure for SaaS, which highlights you know an over 200% ROI for SaaS providers. And I'm sure there's some other great data points in that as well. Yeah, I, I would uh, encourage all of your podcast listeners to uh, check out this report. Um, what we have tried to do is provide our readers with a, a framework to understand you know what is the uh, potential impact of uh, using Pure in their uh, environment, and so we had uh, we worked with uh, Forrester, and Forrester has gone out and um, interviewed and studied a number of these uh, deployments. And as you mentioned, uh, you know uh, what the study indicates is uh, more than a two hundred percent risk-adjusted ROI, eleven-month um, payback in in a lot of cases. 
And what our customers have uh, pro, uh, have reported is uh, the fact that they're they are now having a reduced customer churn. Um, they have been able to accelerate revenue, and and it's been really uh, beneficial for having. Uh, deployed pure in, in their environment. You're helping to meet those three A's, right? Exactly. <laughs> Our solutions are helping with the A's. So let's, can we talk quickly about one of the customer successes that we've had? I know I, I, I always like to put folks on the spot on this. We always get to that <laughs> point where I go, sorry, I'm going to have you talk about a, a, a customer success story, but um, Paylocity, right? They're, they're one that have been somewhat public uh, and, and we use them, right? <laughs> so that's a nice symbiotic relationship. But um, they're pr- pretty public about how much they love using Pure. Um, what what kind of things are they doing, and uh, wh- how have we helped them? What can they do that they couldn't do before because of our storage? Yeah, P- Paylocity is a, is a great example. Uh, Paylocity, as as m- many of you know, is a payroll and human capital management uh, company. Uh, more than. 2,000 people, um, they have more than 20 development teams uh, um, across the world. And each uh, development team actually owns uh, uh, a product of what they call the customer experience. And together, all of these products form the uh, the Paylocity portfolio. And so um, uh, Paylocity is actually using Pure uh, in their production environment as well as their development and uh, QA environment. Uh, what uh, they were experiencing before the, they used Pure is that their developers would uh, teams would actually uh, take days to actually move data between uh, between environments. Just to move, not yeah. even access. No, right? not even access, yeah, yeah. right? And so now with the snapshot and replication capability, they've been able to actually um, uh, be more efficient. Uh, they've been able to actually use uh, production uh, data in the, in their development environments more quicker, and that's kind of led to more relevant uh, development and ref- refresh. Uh, the refresh environment is actually helping them build products uh, more smoothly, deliver better products, and at the end of the day, that's uh, led to better growth uh, for them and customer satisfaction, right? Absolutely, sure, the right? the fact that you can actually uh, respond to any customer feedback quickly, mm-hmm. and and they have clients that are very demanding when it comes to um, delivering new tools, and so they want to be able to quickly uh, respond to that customer feedback, and they've been able to do that with Pure. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and summarize. Give us the three A's again. I want to sum. I want to close with the three A's. Those were cool. Uh, advancing service levels, accelerating time to revenue, and achieving operational advantage. Awesome. Well, if you're a SaaS provider out there and you are struggling with challenges with storage, um, we'd love to have you check us out. The best place to go is purestorage.com forward slash SaaS. Awesome. That's easy. A nice vanity URL. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on. Glad I finally hooked you and got you in here since we've been talking about it so much. And again, thanks to listeners out there. As I always say, we couldn't do this without you. Please subscribe, tell a colleague. Uh, We'll keep bringing the episodes and bringing you the orange. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap. For Pure Storage and Nihal Marashi, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Rob. Stay sassy, my friends. (laughs) Stay sassy.